Hey, this is Sarah and Jess, and we're here to talk about why our brains are such a mess. We're just two bipolar babes shouting out what everybody is so hush-hush about. So let's get into it with today's episode. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? What's new in your life? Um, well, I am doing okay. I am. I, I just came back from doing some silks uh, at Tantra Fitness. I, I'm living my circus life, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. And, uh, and now I am in Delta where um Greg's family lives I don't know like don't try and track me down I guess but yeah um so I am I am uh this is like on uh, this is this is sort of a different setup than I'm used to I'm in Greg's dad's music room anyways that's what's up with me what's up with you what's new with you cool I was wondering I was like looking at you I'm like where this does not look like your home where are you um let's see yeah uh nothing too new i was yesterday was supposed to do come to one of your classes and like we're not going to get into tmi but i had a couple um food and health things going on so i couldn't leave my house um but then i felt a little better drank some water uh went to my first pride event barbecue thingy um it was so cool it was so chill there was acoustic singers and like fire dancers and i wow i was was it on commercial drive no right (laughs) was it it was um it was in burnaby in someone's backyard and i was like i can't believe this is happening so yeah um i sat and I didn't really know anybody except for one person. And I think I did okay. And I say this because if you guys listen to the podcast, you know that sometimes I like to binge drink in uncomfortable situations. And I'm really proud of myself, probably because of the way my stomach was feeling as well. Mm. I went into this sober and I only had a couple of drinks, like, two or three and then I left at an okay time like at an appropriate early time and I was like so proud of myself um yeah so excellent excellent well um today we actually have a guest um and so today we have um my friend Rebecca is here to chat with us and um when you you were having like a a minor meltdown the other day and you were like I have no time in July because of my classes and I don't know what I'm gonna do and and then I was like oh I'll do the podcast without you this month Jessica (laughs) I'll get a different co-host and then um you dropped your class and I mean to be honest thank god like I was worried about you um but yeah so now you Jessica is also here but we have my friend Rebecca here to talk about um I mean life and mental health but specifically mental health with dance and and pole dance and that's how I know Rebecca is we pole dance together so Rebecca thank you for being here 
I'm so excited. Thank you so much for both of you for having me. I've been listening to the podcast on and off for a while, and I'm definitely a fan, and I'm just super jazzed to be here. Yay. Um, well, there's, uh, I guess, yeah, Jessica, you have not spoken to Rebecca before today, so. No, so this is going to be fun. I love it. It's going to be, like, fresh and exciting, and, like, I'm just. <laughs> third wheeling today so you're third wheeling today Uh, (laughs) but um I really love going to tantra fitness I really love pole dancing um but part of the reason that I love it is because of the people that I met there that I've met there and um there are a lot of things that I really don't like about it to be honest and things that I really struggle with and and um Rebecca is somebody that I met um, through pole dancing. And I really feel like if I hadn't met her, I probably would have quit because she is so supportive and like, um, has a very similar view to me and like has read the fucking diet. Oh my God. I was like, wow, really? You too? Oh, amazing. Um, and, uh, we also used to say like, oh, we have the same kind of body because, um, strangely like, having any sort of squish um, in a high-level pole is sort of, uh, it's rare. So, yeah, um, Rebecca was super helpful um, and and has been super helpful. um, And she's also teaching at Tantra now. So we're kind of like going through a lot of our pole journey stuff together. Cool. Um, And I really appreciate it. Yeah, so thank you, Rebecca, for being you. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, the feeling is mutual, 100%. I actually remember the very first time I met you, you would you would not even remember this. Like, this was a passing moment for you, but you had been doing it for a little bit longer than me. I was still pretty new. We were in uh, in the dance room in Mount Pleasant doing uh, an erotica class, and you were just so nice, and, like, you made me feel so welcome there. It was, like, my first kind of week or two or whatever. And I just remember being like, I hope I see more of her because I like her energy. And luckily I do see more of you all the time now. So that was good. Yay. Yeah. And that, I, I think I, I don't know. I, can't, I remember your knee pads, but I feel like it's because I've seen you since with those same knee pads. I don't know. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, wow, this girl has cool knee, knee pads. Knee pads are a yeah. whole thing that people who do not do exotic pull might not know about, but it's a big yeah. deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> having knee protection because <laughs> um, you don't want to get stripper knees. That is going to you. I don't know. We don't make enough I money. I have to... so many questions. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am like loving every moment of this right now. You Feel free to like... ask anything, I'm like... Jessica, because you are the you are the our, I guess like our our listener who who has not done pole who's not danced and 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 if we are not making sense to them then you know like we want to make sense to people so <laughs> feel free yeah. to ask it I, yeah yeah I'm just gonna be here to clarify uh, <laughs> to be like huh yeah yeah anyways you have to wear knee pads when you do floor work um Otherwise, you will hurt your knees. Oh. <laughs> so yes, I have many pairs of knee pads. I have quite a a selection of my knee pads um, because I have really crappy knees. So mm-hmm. so I need some some good protection. 
Is this from your your previous dance experience that your knees were so cracked? Yeah. 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 I like I my knees are crap. Like I don't have like okay, no, I do have some, but like I've worn down the cartilage in my knees to the point where there's hardly any left. So like the movement is labored and that is because mm. of dance. Um, so one thing I like about pool, um, I know like you're talking about the floor work thing, which is, I know kind of ironic, but if you take that out of it, if you're actually on the pole doing tricks, your knees are rarely hurting because you're actually, you don't have any weight on them. You're like up oh. in the air. So like you're using your arms, you're doing everything. But like, for me, my knees would hurt the most when I was jumping. And there mm-hmm. really isn't that much of that when you're pole dancing. Yeah, that's right. And th- that makes a lot of sense. And there, I mean, knee pads are really um, encouraged in pole dancing. So so in that way, it's pretty healthy as well. And I think that's, um, since we're talking about dance and mental health today, I think that that is like a really, like a great place to start, which is that um, dance is in some ways really great for your body. I mean, for me, I think that having that like constant exercise um, helped me to stop self-harming. Like I, it it was, it just gave me a new level of stable that I hadn't got from anything else in my life. Obviously that's super helpful. It also helped me to have stronger back muscles, which helped me to have better posture. So I um, was doing a study with my friend who was doing massage therapy, and she wanted to see if posture could um, help mental health, because usually people who um, are anxious and depressed have uh, poor posture. So so I think that that's also really helped, is, is just me being able to have, have good posture and feel strong. Um, and then there's the injuries, and like the parts where you push your body too far, and especially like dancers I know who who I you know who danced through high school um and and who I totally envied the entire time um uh, some of them I know were so so injured that they were not able to continue and and obviously having an injured injured body parts when you're you went when you're young um can be pretty negative on your mental health so I don't know what you think about that Rebecca but yeah, no, honestly, I mean, first of all, dance in its purest form is like amazing for the body um, and the mind, right? Mentally, like movement in its purest, purest form, dance is just me- movement that makes your body feel good, right? So in that way, like dance is obviously good for your mental health and for your physical health. That's why people put their kids in dance. They don't put their kids in dance because they're like, we're going to make them do this terrible thing that we're going to regret for the rest of their life. Yeah. No, it's be this happy thing the problem is is that with so many things um the essence is sometimes removed and it becomes this thing that is encircled with this kind of toxic culture whether that is intentional or not it just kind of grows and some people are able to maintain um a really you know strong outlook in that world and some people can't um depending on so many factors right um, so I know that like, I know my mental health was, was kind of like the lowest it, it probably had, had ever been, honestly, thinking about it when I remember I had to, I had to dance. Like I was at the time I was doing my degree in dance at a university in Toronto and 
my knees were shot, like just so, so bad. So, so, so bad. And just like knowing that, like, it was funny because I was paying money to be there. It's university, right? I'm paying money to take my classes. But because of the culture of dance, it feels like you're the problem, right? Like you're not going to get cast mm-hmm. in pieces, even though it doesn't really matter. Like, who do you care? Like, I look back and I'm like, why did I care so much? Like, freaking out. Like, I don't care. But like at the time, the weight is so intense that like you're just, you're, like, I just remember being so miserable about my knee problems because, like, I felt worthless because if you're injured, it means you can't perform. If you can't perform, you're not put in pieces. If you're not put in pieces, you're sitting on the floor feeling like scum. Like, you see the circle, and then if you're not performing and you're not moving, then you feel like your body's changing. And then all of a it's a big circle, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the physical health affects your mental health. So I think that, um, well, actually, I... I know that like when, when a dancer has an injury, it affects them mentally so, 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 so much because if, if you're a professional, which I don't have the same experience in because I left before I really got into it, um, you can't put food on the table if you can't no. dance. So you push yeah. through it and you, your injuries get worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where you know you become paralyzed or something crazy like that because you keep pushing through the pain, you keep you know, doing whatever you can, popping pills, whatever you need to do to numb that pain so you can keep performing, so you can keep getting paid. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so... Okay, 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 okay. I didn't think, like, I was like, we're like, oh, I'm going to find something that I'm going to relate to, like, in this, even though I don't dance and I don't do pole. But what you're talking about, your physical illness, is very similar to having a, a mental illness and not being able and pushing yourself and pushing yourself and pushing yourself in school and pushing yourself mm-hmm. in your work because you need to put food on the table and you need to do all these things to the point where you know personal experience end up having a, a bit of a, a breakdown and end up at your lowest point, it not being able to take to, care of yourself, and it leads can lead to. to suicide and suicide yeah exactly yeah so I definitely resonate with what you just said so yeah thank you for bringing that up I'm happy you feel that way it's it's actually interesting because sometimes I feel like you get something in your head and you think it's not special but like it's specific but you realize a lot of these situations are actually like really widespread and they can really affect people in different situations like you're saying for like your own particular situation and stuff that's exactly how it is too it's like duh I should have thought of that like that's that like it makes you feel better that like you're not alone sometimes totally I'm just gonna go right for it capitalism okay we got that <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey we said it in this episode there we go and it came quicker <laughs> than y'all thought <laughs> uh just because I'm here like what I mean like and also ableism in universities as oh. well but the yeah. idea that like we are not worth anything if we cannot produce work where whether that's with our minds or with our bodies is just so I mean it's it's awful because if you talk to someone and they're like well I can't dance so uh, or sorry I need to be able to dance so I'm gonna keep you know dancing on the on these crazy injuries and and it and it might mean like that I eventually can barely walk but right now I need to keep making money I need to do this thing uh same thing with even just with I remember my friend Amelia being like like when I'm like well I have to keep going to my minimum wage job um and she's like until you until you uh kill yourself like no 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 um this idea that like of course 
we think that we put human lives before like productivity and stuff but we actually kind of don't until it's until it's so extreme so I can see that with dance as well as as you know especially because you were in university when you're talking about that and university is ableist and Mm -hmm. I just like oh I I don't know what especially because you're like you said, you're paying to be there. I remember when I was in music university and I was like, um, yeah, like stop making me feel like I am so privileged to be here. And like every single, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to, to learn from this teacher. Who's honestly like a horrible person. Like I should be the person who's like, you're privileged to have me here paying you money. I, and like, do better you know we, we should be able to yeah. say do better to our universities it's funny because I, I had a I had a, a teacher instructor professor whatever you want to call her in university and she would literally say in class to us do better do better all the time that's like just like a blanket statement for us to be better and I'm kind of like you you lose sight like you're saying Sarah that like you know, when you go, I don't know, friend, into like a yoga class, pretend you show up to a drop-in yoga class at a new studio, you're like, I wonder what this teacher's like. You're going to be nice and you're going to like be wanting to get into this vibe as an instructor, but you're still actually like, I want to get my money's worth, right? You put something in there. But in school, it was kind of like the opposite. Like mm-hmm. you felt like you're paying all this money and so much debt and you're like, like me, like me, love me, like like they almost like brainwash isn't the right the right word that's not what they're intending to do but I think you become so wrapped up into this little niche world that you become to think that like you you're you're disposable right so you Mm -hmm. you you kind of like hold on to everything you can and you you really crave that control because you feel like you can't really control other aspects of your life maybe totally Yeah, I don't know about you, Jessica, but like when I was in university, I definitely like I think some teachers said like I was in a I was in a graphic design program at one point and and they were like, okay, there's 30 of you now and there will not be 30 of you by the time you graduate. Like you are going to drop like flies and like it's just the matter of who's going to be the first one. I don't know if you had that experience, Jessica, at all. Yeah, it's um, it's called uh the first and second year classes yeah you're gonna see a lot of people in first and second year classes but you won't be graduating with everyone you talk to they're not gonna get not everyone gets through university and I'm like well tell me why yeah exactly (laughs) like why not like and you know what like I mean I could go on and on and on and on about this but like there are situations where like life happens and I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but like going full time to university for minimum four years for a bachelor's degree, some people don't have that, the, that privilege to have that type of time to not mm-hmm. be working full, to not be able to like provide for themselves at the same time or like, you know, like, or uh, to have that capacity, like not everyone has that capacity and that's why people drop out like hell I've been in school for nine years like on and Mm -hmm. off you know like like that's why like and we're not even thinking about these folks we're just thinking about like 
oh, well, you didn't graduate in four years. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And it gets to that point too. But I could go on about that forever. Let's talk more about dance. Because yeah. I'm so into this. Like, I'm so interested. I was like walking into this conversation, like, what is going on? And now I'm like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Um, well, Rebecca, were you saying that you got a totally similar uh, talk yes. in dance school? Because okay. I feel like art school okay. has like a special oh little God. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we sat in orientation. We sat down. We sat in a big circle and said, look to the person to your right. That person's going to drop out. Look to your left. You're going to sleep with that person. <gasps> oh, my God. Stop. I was drinking water. Yeah. I almost threw it out. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, they're like, these are going to be the most intense years of your life, and you're all going to become so close that it's going to, like, you don't think you're going to be, like, family, but, like, it's not, and, like, it was, um, I think there's a lot of conditioning that I think was done in those environments because they're trying to make you really tough, but the opposite happens. These mm-hmm. people, like myself, fall apart, right? Like, mm-hmm. the it's it's ironic like they, they they they're like oh well you need to you know tough skin thick skin whatever if you want to make in this industry all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's the opposite because you pretend to be tough but deep down everyone's pretty much messed up and I mean I can't speak for everyone of course I you know speaking for myself here on all matters but I mean from the people that I know really like closely um we all had our own struggles in in the in the program, in the department, in the school, whatever. And what maybe they were all a little bit different from each other, but they all stemmed from this kind of, this comp- very competitive and um, somewhat toxic um, environment that's created. Um, I guess you know, sometimes from university settings, but more, more so take that out of it because we're trying to keep it more about dance, but in the dance culture, um, which is, yeah, like I said, hyper-competitive and um, kind of treats dancers as, um, as disposable right yeah so a lot happens with your your minds right so Mm -hmm. it can be um I mean honestly um some of my best memories ever were dancing and I'm really appreciative for a lot of the opportunities that I had and I wouldn't be where I am today in any way actually without dance um and I actually love dance so much um but like frig so much has to change if we want even to have like any success in cultivating an industry or, or a training model that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, what it comes but, down to, like sustainability. Totally. Like like these learning environments are not they're not sustainable. sustainable and and especially like and and then these careers that rely on your body but also rely on you kind of destroying your body. That's not sustainable. Um and then also uh, like m- music has a similar kind of vibe but a, a bit different but there's also like the aging out thing and like so you're like well I have to make all my money like right now otherwise because I know I'm not gonna be able to do this in the future like maybe I can teach it I don't know um and that's so weird because it's the opposite for me it's like yeah. you're gonna make nothing <laughs> for like until like you're close to retirement and then <laughs> you're yeah going- right well, I feel like in dance and music, they're like, you're going to make nothing, but we'll give you like a little tiny bit of Spotify money. And then it's all gone. Like, I honestly, I have no freaking clue how people are making money in the music industry these days. But anyways, we'll have Tansy on. We'll talk about that later. Yes. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's such a, 
it's it's so stressful so i can see how like like dance is doing dance as a as a career um even training just training um it it's stressful and i think let me know if i'm wrong but i think that even when you are doing it kind of more recreationally you are in the culture and sometimes it can like instructors for example can just have that mindset even though it's like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. like we are actually just here to have fun but it seems like you forgot that I don't know if, what you think about that yeah I think one of the things I really want to say today which you kind of like brought up perfectly is that like you know this is the same case for a lot of things in life and it's also the same thing for like forget about professions I think also it's like the same for a lot of like family situations at home but it's like, you know, if you have been raised in a way um, where well, that was terrible and um, you, you grow up and you feel like you should hand that down, you're so hurt that you bring that down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of dancers had a really terrible time and they're hurting and they become teachers. And even if they're teaching recreational class, a lot of the time they bring that hurt into the studios without even realizing it because we're conditioned to believe that's normal and that's okay. Um, so of course some teachers are different and they don't do that and they you know, go above and beyond and try to create really positive environments, of course, and it's becoming more and more the case nowadays with more conversations about mental health, et cetera. But, um, but like I, I, I was, a, I was in a, a conference, um, an online conference a few weekends ago about creating a safer space for, for dancers in general. And I won't even mention who it was, but there was a woman um, who had a very long dance career and she said something that was just like amazing. And um, because she started, she was a professional dancer at 14. Like she left school and everything. Like it was, this is like old school style. And mm-hmm. she dealt with a lot. And she said that one of the things she did and she encourages other people to do, she always took inventory, she said of what was being done that hurt her and said in the moment, if positions were swapped, if I was in charge, if I was in front of the room, what would I have done differently in that moment to make sure that didn't happen again? So as she got older and she progressed through her career and she had more authority and now she is a leader in her own right, um, she looks back in the situations and says, I was hurt really badly, but I actually took myself in that moment and said, I'm going to learn from this and make sure this never happens to anyone again under in my power. So mm-hmm. luckily she's she's a, um, a, a leader of a large organization. Again, I don't need to get into all the details of it because I don't know if she wants to be acknowledged here or not, but um, taking inventory of the injustices around you. And even though you can't make a difference at 14 or 15 or 27 or 37, taking what you can, remembering it and saying, I'm going to change this one day when I have that power. Yeah, that's, Mm. that's such a good idea. And uh, that's such a good way to stay motivated too, if you are in then in that it's kind of reminds me of what you were talking about, Jessica, when you do HR, and you're like, well, I'm going to make it so that people feel safe going to an HR person, especially Mm -hmm. if they have a mental illness. And like, that's a great I think that's a great way to approach uh, an industry that is occasionally toxic. I don't know if that's the right word. Toxic, but... so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a couple questions and, you know, feel free to answer, not answer. Um, getting a little bit deeper with the injustices and the hardships that dancers have to go through. I'm actually like quite curious because it's a whole like, 
you know, like, like the Disney song, it's a whole new world. And um, I don't truly understand. So I know when we talk about dance, the first thing that comes up to me in my mind was that what was that one movie that swan yeah. something movie oh black swan black, or black, black swan. swan yeah when people are like yeah. when people say like oh the dance industry can be toxic I just think of like this like black swan and like how like like how I just remember that movie being like scary and like that's <laughs> it like I never actually watched the whole thing because it made me so uncomfortable I was like yeah whoa um but yeah so I never really got to understand but for me when people are like oh like ballet or like dance and things like that I'm like spooky (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were gonna say center stage but yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah I've never seen that okay like like I just feel like there is there's darkness to everything and there are just things that need to be changed in like for example in HR and anything but with like I mean they made like a movie about darkness (laughs) and dance so I'm like just curious like how accurate is that like it like what is dance like like what are the what yeah what sucks about it well I mean again I I speak from personal experience because I in no way can speak for everybody because everyone's gonna have their own experience um totally. funny about the movie because um I'm sure it's the same with a lot of industries like pretty much every industry there probably is but same with dance where if there's anything that comes out um like a movie you know or a book or whatever about dance dancers always say like oh how terrible it is and they trash it and they say it's unrealistic right like I mean we all do that like you know, lawyers say like suits is not like, you know, real life and law and like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah when, yeah. when the drum movie, yeah. when the drum mean man teaches boy drums, whatever that movie was called, musicians yeah. were like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. Like that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's a thing, right? We all do it. Um, so dancers like hated that film. Like they just hated it and hated it and hated it. Yeah. But the thing that I found interesting is that um, some people hated it so much that it was a bit scary to the point that they were defending something because they knew that it was a little bit too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. Like there were a lot of dancers who came forward and they wanted like the, the, the movie like almost not aired anymore because they were like, oh, uh, the company director and my company w- would, would never sexually harass me. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then I don't think you need to come forward and t- try to say that this movie should be taken off the air. Like, um, or you you know what I mean? Pulling pulled off movie. I don't I don't know what you say. Just for yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. canceled canceled. I guess we that's what we say now. Um, but um, but I think the reason why a lot of people, all dancers, hated it so much is because although it was crazy, like surrealism and like it was like a big fantasy thing. Um, there was a lot of these little these little like you know roots of truth right everywhere, and it's like. It's sad because these dancers were in such denial, like, oh, well, that doesn't happen, that doesn't happen. And then I'm like, have you read the headlines? Like, every week, there's a new company director actually, like, you know, with allegations about sexual abuse. Like, this is real. Like, it's sad that there are so many people in denial. It's because we've been conditioned to think that this is normal because you don't want to all of a sudden realize that you've been in an environment that has been so toxic and you have like, you've bought into it. 
you've mm-hmm. contributed to this and you're further contributing because you're going out and you're further teaching. And it's this cycle that we all participate in. Mm-hmm. You know, we participate in the cycle. I participated in the cycle and we don't want to admit it. And then all of a sudden, once you step back, like I can do a little bit easier now. I mean, I'm still very much involved in dance, so I can't mm-hmm. do it properly. Like some people can, but because I don't dance professionally anymore, I don't even dance in, you know, the ballet or, you know, contemporary Western form sense anymore, even for fun, I just pull. Um, I can step away and be like, man, that was messed up. That was super messed up. And I did nothing about it. You know, I think, I think that, um, that all the time people are in denial, actually when they're looking at those hard scenes because they they don't want to see them. Do you remember that remember that TV show that came out a few years ago, Flesh and Bone? Do you remember that? No. It was a t- it was a dance TV show and Stephen, uh, my husband, he wanted to watch it. He's like, oh, it's dance. We should watch it together. And I was like, okay. And it, episode one, I actually had to turn it off because it was so hard for me to watch. It, it made me so uncomfortable. So I can't imagine how people who are still actually working in that industry as dancers are reacting to these things. It must be so much stronger than even my reaction. I had to freaking turn it off. I was almost crying. So I mean, yeah. like, I think that I think that some of these things are obviously, you know, they're Hollywoodified, Hollywoodified, whatever, if you will. But um, that, like I said, that 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 root of truth, I think, is very mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. I when I think about like um, the 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 friends I've had who who tried tried and maybe are continuing and succeeding to be professional dancers I think that one of them is now a uh, social worker for the National Eating Disorders Association of Canada Um, another one she's still dancing but she also speaks out about eating disorders Um, both of them I think had to go testify about sexual assault from from coaches and the other one um, was so injured that she had to get like a surgery where she couldn't walk for like a year you know so like that's what you know when I think about my friends who who did that I used to actually joke and be like well at least I'm not a dancer when people are people were like oh man you're trying to be a musician that's so rough I'm like well I'm not (laughs) trying to be a dancer (laughs) because I was in my mind it was like that's the roughest thing you could try and do yeah it's rough and I think that one of the biggest reasons it's rough is because um it's funny you mentioned musician because I feel like this is very similar to musician a lot of the time but in terms of dance specifically you go through all the demands as a professional athlete, but you mm-hmm. don't even get an ounce of the pay, right? Right. Most dancers are in poverty. Yeah. They make very, 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 very little. Oftentimes they're not even paid at all. It's like, it's for exposure, you know? Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there, you get it. You, everyone gets it. Oh, it's for experience, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of dancers aren't even paid. And um, they're, but yet they're supposed to actually have this body um technique of like you know a professional athlete olympian if you will whatever um and because of that like you can't even get proper health care to take care of it right like so imagine you're you're really injured because you're working so hard but you can't even go see a physiotherapist because they don't have any money right the whole thing is a cycle right so which makes you feel more and more vulnerable which 
if you have someone in authority figure who is not a good person, they can take advantage of that. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's a specific situation, of course, like there are a lot of really amazing directors who do want change in, in dance, but there are a lot of still a bunch of old school directors who are very resistant to it because they enjoy that power, right? Mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know, I feel like this definitely happens in, in, in music school, at least. But people are like, this is what I had to deal with. Like, I, I had a music teacher who made us, like, even though now there are programs where you can write, you can put, create sheet music on the computer, he made us write all of our sheet music by hand with a ruler, like, like, like it had to be perfect. Um, And like, and because he's like, I had to do that. And so I want all you guys to do it. And like, but why? Okay. This is pointless. Like writing this, writing down this thing that should have taken me one hour now takes me like six hours because I, because he's like, nope, it has to be perfectly straight. And like, you know, it could do a great job at a straight line, a computer. But yeah, like the idea of it's like, exactly well, that. yeah. It's exactly that, Sarah. It's like going back to the concept of point shoes. Um, we still use predominantly the type of point shoe that was created, you know, back in like the 1900s. Well, there's better technology available that actually causes fewer injuries and it's wow. easier for the dancer. But, but teachers won't let those be used. What? No, I was never allowed to use those point shoes. What? Because, because they're they don't look pretty enough. They say they say that they're they're cheating. They're che- they're cheater shoes, right? So like there's nowadays there's great companies who are creating this technology that's going to help dancers, but the gatekeepers are still saying, um, no, no, you you can't because that's not what we did, right? You need the tradition, right? Ballet is about tradition, so it you can see why just before we made progress right it, it gets it gets pushed back so of course there's forward thinkers who are doing great things and again i want to highlight that not every single person in dance is like this but you know how it is one bad apple spoils the bunch and it can have really huge like it can be a disaster right like the, the repercussions can be immense and it can a lot of a lot of people can suffer so it doesn't matter if there's one bad apple mm-hmm. the number of people that will suffer is so much greater than that Yes, so so true. I'm hearing a lot of challenges here. Like, it seems like like we have we have gatekeepers. We have people who don't want to expand, explore, take care of physical health, take care of mental health, and this is kind of what I'm what I'm getting at right now. Did you find? And there is the stereotype, and that's the only reason why I'm asking because I'm I don't have any knowledge of dance in that world. But do you find that there, with that comes a lot of mental health challenges, a lot of, let's say like um like, substance use as well because you're not getting the right kind of medical care so you're kind of reaching for what you have accessible for your pain Mm -hmm. mental physical etc yeah absolutely um because of my upbringing I do know a lot of professional dancers and I do know a lot of them who who turn to to cocaine Mm -hmm. um because it keeps them skinny um Mm -hmm. it um and also suppresses hunger right um so, so there you go. Um, drinking to forget is a big one. Um, I know when my injuries were really bad, I would drink more than ever before because I wouldn't feel the pain with my knees. 
Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, it, it falls back in itself because, you know, when you, obviously when you drink, if you wake up and, you know, don't feel well, obviously you can't rehearse, um, but also you can injure yourself when you're drinking because obviously you're sloppy and you can fall and hurt yourself. Yeah. But, but, but more than that, um, but yeah, no, prescription drugs are a big one too, because um, you want to numb the pain, right? So if there's anything that you can take to make yourself feel better, mm-hmm. of course, that's a big one. Um, but through the years, there has been a big trend. Um, and I think it's actually declining now. I really do think it is. I think there's other problems, but I think co- cocaine is declining, but it was something that was huge for dancers. And it was something that would be normally done on like weekends and stuff with professional dancers because they could get, you know, skinny, fast, um, and you could perform on it. Like Kelsey Kirkland, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her, but um, she was a ballerina in... Um, in uh, New York um, years and years ago. Um, she now is a teacher. Um, but um, she, yeah, she um, she would go on stage so, 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 so high, high as a kite and no one said anything. And she'd be interviewed on like talk shows, like, oh, you're the best ballerina in the States, you know, like, and she would just be wild. Like she would not look well. And no one said anything because mm-hmm. she could perform because she was so light and felt like she had so much energy and she was mm-hmm. so thin and she looked so beautiful but she was a mess she was a total mm-hmm. mess and luckily she um she's you know come down from that and she has been very vocal about her experiences and if you're interested yeah look her up Gelsey Kirkland she d- has a book it's called Dancing on My Grave and um it wow. tells a really you know difficult story but she's also a total fighter survivor so so go Kelsey oh yeah that's that's amazing yeah I didn't I didn't even think about that like and we and I'm sure that 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 therefore um like mental illnesses that involve mania are probably also um something that that can get ignored in the dance uh culture as well because I mean as soon as you go on bipolar meds uh you're gonna feel a lot heavier and and like maybe less I I know that in the music industry you don't want to get treatment because then you're gonna like not be as creative but I mean you're also gonna feel physically heavier and like yeah that that yeah that is yeah and the body changes that happen with medications right 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 yes medication and things like that and yeah I was, I was told as a teenager from my teacher, I should never go on birth control because apparently it would make my boots too big. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. So like, that so, was I, just like yeah. one comment just randomly. Right. So like, you can see that, well, I didn't really think much of it and I laughed it off. Like if you get a comment like that every day or more than once a day, for how many years, right? Especially if you're not getting the support you need, which I mean, most of us don't, especially until we realize we need support, we don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, these little, they build up, right? They build up and then all of a sudden you realize like, holy cow, why did I take all of that? But you know how it is, right? You don't see problems until all of a sudden they all come to a head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, and 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 just to transition into poll, um, I, I, um, the first time I started doing burlesque dancing, which I guess is kind of like my gateway into pole, um, I I talked to this girl and I was like, wow, you're amazing. Uh, you're such a good dancer. And she's like, yeah, thanks. I was a, I was a ballerina until I got boobs. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, 
yeah, I guess you have no control over that. <laughs> like, and and yeah. she's like, yeah. So this is the only place that I can feel safe dancing. Like, oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's sad, right? Yeah, it's sad that so many. I mean, you know how it is. Like most women feel bad with their bodies, unfortunately, at the best of times. So you put them in mm-hmm. leotard and pink tights, and you're told to look at your body in the mirror for eight hours a day for a professional, right? Mm-hmm. And told to scrutinize yourself. Um, you know, like a con- constructive criticism, you know, from yourself, try to make everything right. And then you also have 20 other bodies in the room mm-hmm. to look at and compare. Mm-hmm. So you can see the body dysmorphia, like, you know, sitting in real fast. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that sounds awful. So like, so like think of it like this. Like, imagine, like for someone who doesn't, who has never really done this, imagine you're like essentially in a bikini and you're with 20 other women in bikinis and you're told to all look in the mirror while moving and you're told to like make yourself like like to the, the most beautiful as you can you know like with your movement like like for like hours at a time right um so yeah a lot a lot of a lot of places are now moving away from mirrors which i think is amazing practice um there oh, are some so dance yeah, that have just removed the mirrors or they'll yeah. have m- mirrors that roll so they can take them out when needed uh, and then put yeah. them away. Oh, that's so good. Um, I know my best dancing was when I couldn't see myself. I remember there was a studio that I used to be in at, uh, for some classes and like the the front was just facing just like an opening and like, and I just remember feeling so good. And I, and I, I only realized now that it was because there was no mirror there. Yeah. Okay. And this is something that I've felt in pole, um, in a, in a big way, especially, and, and like, so, I mean, obviously since pole dancing is a dance form, it has a lot of the same, not, I mean, not, not to the same extent, but it has some of the same pitfalls. Um, but it's a fair, it's a newer art, art form. Um, and it's from a more kind of like alternative place. Um, so obviously people are, uh, more chill. However, there's just like the human, especially like female, but, but human mind when you are literally wearing bikinis <laughs> and looking in the mirror and yeah. And like, I would just, so, so I, I think that, um, I used to be like trying so hard not to get a, a, a pole close to the mirror because then I would have to look at my body for the whole time and I would just be so negative. Um, where, whereas if you're in the back, it's like a bit harder to see yourself. So uh, yeah, just it, that, that's something that I, and, and when, and when we talked to, to Jenna, Jessica, where she talked about how like hair hairstylists have to look in the mirror all day it's just like I was totally thinking that yeah. too yeah that episode yeah you don't think yeah. it, it's like you don't really think about how much that like how how it, it much that impacts you until that you realize why are you trying to you're trying to, to see what you're doing wrong so that mm-hmm. you can fix it and also to see to be able to see the teacher but like so so of course, if you're looking at what you're doing wrong, you're also going to see what parts of your body are wrong. Hey, um, this is Sarah and Jessica from the future. Hello. Um, we felt that there was just so much 
stuff to discuss in this episode and we didn't want to cut anything out so we've decided to split it into two parts yes as you may have noticed yeah we have the ballet (laughs) portion and then we have the pole portion which is going to be our next episode so stay tuned for that um but thank you so much for listening and thank you again uh for rebecca for you know hanging out and giving us so much knowledge so much oh my goodness yeah uh and so we'll release the the part two sometime in the next few weeks you know us we pretend to have a schedule and we don't um and so yeah follow us on social media <laughs> yes hush ush pod at gmail.com is our email and h-u-s-h-u-s-h-p-o-d is our instagram where you can see us attempt to do reels all right and that oh yeah (laughs) with that being said be kind to all those around you because you never know what someone might be going through and sprinkle love everywhere you go bye bye having a friend it is like having a friend oh my god that's so sad it's like having a friend but it is really no, so but like soothing because a I friend who's with you all the time yeah, yeah.